Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's up? It's your boy, the Ted Smith from the men's room. And did you know I have a podcast? Well, I do. The podcast. New episodes uploaded every Wednesday on the Odyssey app. 99.9 KISW. We return to the men's room with Miles and Thrill. We're in big trouble on this one. A teenage boy is facing numerous charges after allegedly stealing a school bus from a Nashville public school, driving recklessly through West Nashville, leading police on a pursuit along I-40 on a Saturday afternoon. uh, 14-year-old took the bus at about uh, 5 o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, the boy who is uh, living in a, uh, a home is in state custody, I guess. He hit the diesel fuel pump at a market, oh. according to officials. He tried to run over a person at that market. Okay, that's bad. Then he drove onto a parkway. He hit another car in the process. They followed the bus onto the interstate where it traveled to speeds of 60 to 65 miles an hour. They had to use a spike strip to get the di- to get the guy to stop the bus. Yeah, get him to stop the bus. Exactly. At that point, authorities said they ran up to the bus, broke the glass door, used a taser on the boy because he was still trying to operate the bus, and then arrested him without further incident. Keep in mind, the spike strip did not stop the bus. He saw the spike strip, basically slammed on the brakes, and tried to pull a Yui. Mm-hmm. That's when they had to run into yep. the bus, break through the glass door, and tase his ass. Then we got a 12-year-old in Ann Arbor, Michigan. He was, uh, well, he... He led police on a uh, on a chase after stealing a forklift. He hit 10 vehicles along the way. Uh, police were called for a report of a, at a stolen construction vehicle. A few minutes later, police found the vehicle, a forklift being driven south on Brook Street. Police then began pursuing the forklift at speeds of about 15 to 20 miles an hour with emergency yeah, lights and right. blaring. Eventually, the driver, uh, the 12-year-old uh, boy, uh, took the vehicle through a uh, neighborhood Striking 10 parked cars. Uh, he stopped the vehicle at about 8 o'clock in the evening. He was taken into custody. He was later uh, housed at a juvenile detention center. Yeah, but he was. Uh-huh. I bet he was, which is better than going home. Our question, what was the most trouble that you got into growing up? 206-803-ROCK. Hello, Todd. Welcome to the men's room. Hola, gentlemen. How are you? Oh, yeah. Doing well, man. Well, let me uh, start by saying this particular story uh has a very happy ending, but it was a crappy story. And unfortunately, you don't have a long enough show to cover my entire juvenile record, so I'll just tell you this one. Now, do you actually uh, have a juvenile record? Absolutely. Okay. All right. <laughs> and it, it came back to haunt me uh, a couple of years ago as a 50-something-year-old adult. But Damn. another story altogether. Okay. Uh, so some friends of mine and I, a long time ago, 15, broke into a church. Uh 
about uh, six nights in a row because this church had a lot of beer in it. Had a lot of beer? So, Was that a Catholic, Catholic church? church. I, I don't know. I don't I'm know telling you, God, I grew up Catholic. <laughs> it's a Catholic church. I was telling Mike the other day, I know some Christians now are kind of against booze. I'm like, oh, go to a Catholic church. Yeah. Part of it. <laughs> oh, this this particular church, this guy, the, the preacher or minister or whatever, he was notorious for having a lot of booze. So it was kind of the, the highlight was to get into either the church or his garage, steal a bunch of booze, and get away. But uh, unfortunately, we had one of the so-called friends got caught by his mom who was a king county cop oh and he ratted us all out and we did uh well i don't know what the rest of them did but i did six months for it now oh, wow the, un the unfortunate thing about this but this is where the happy ending comes in is uh between arrest and sentencing i met a girl when i was 16 that absolutely changed my life and Stopped. I stopped doing all of that stuff. Uh, and but during the six months, I unfortunately lost her. We were teenagers. But fast forward thirty eight years, thirty seven years, something I don't really want to give away ages. But uh, her and I got back together, and we're now getting married in August. You, you gotta, gotta be here. kidding. That's mm. crazy. All right. That is so. Crazy. Yeah. If you don't mind my asking, and even if you do, I'm going to ask. How did your juvie <laughs> record come back to haunt you? You said you're in your fifties now. Like what? What yeah. other than murder? Like what? What is it? Do you have a felony record that affected like a job or something? Uh, it was buying weapons. Oh, uh, oh, uh, really? So even uh, if it's on your juvie, you can't you can't oh, purchase a firearm. Yeah, here's here's a little known fact: when you turn eighteen, your juvenile record does not get sealed. Yeah, we know. Like a lot of people think that's because they always uh, say that. But it, it's like getting—you could pay to get something expunged. All you did was spend yeah. money. It is not expunged. Were there weapons in the church? Oh, yeah. No, no. This was this was just stealing beer. Um, but uh, no, I had I several years ago purchased a lot of weapons. Went through the background check through the FBI, whatever, and got cleared. But uh, then I went for another gun purchase. Got denied. Sent the ATF an email saying, why did I get denied? I've purchased several weapons recently and sent the email. And when I sent the email, I went, uh-oh. <laughs> Maybe you gave up too much information. So did they come and uh, knock on your door? The very next day, I had two ATF agents at my door. And, yeah. and what are they? Are they like, hey, man, we even hate to do this kind of thing, but you yeah. let us know yeah. or what? The, the funny thing is, <laughs> as soon as I sent the email... I knew that was going to happen, so I took all of my guns, took them over to a buddy's house, put them in his safe, didn't want to know the combination. He, needed, he didn't tell me the combination. And when they showed up, I told them that. They called him, got his information, ran it. He was cleared. And they said, hey, you're good. Okay. Clear all your stuff up. You can have them back. And so I spent uh, a better part of a year going <laughs> going around two different police departments that I'd been arrested at, and there were a lot of them. <laughs> and, uh, letting them, giving them notice that I was applying for sealed records and firearms rights restoration and all that. And uh, so then I finally had to go back to the very courtroom that I used to go to as a kid down in King County. Ah, uh, memories. Yeah, oh, God. And the funny thing is when uh, the judge didn't even talk to me, but he finally just said, yeah, you're good. Um the prosecutor came over to me, and she said, "Okay, you're you're good. You can go." And I I looked at her and I said, "Well, 
this is going to sound a little silly, but how do I get out of here? And she said, what are you talking about? I said, I've been here a lot, but I went through that door with handcuffs. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I've never actually walked out of court. <laughs> I've never walked out of that courtroom free. But, uh, yeah, so it all, it all turned out well. Like I said, I'm getting married in August to this, this uh, back when we were teenagers, girl that changed my life. And now she changed my life again, and I'm going to marry her and not let her go. Nice. That's, right. a, that's a good story. Yeah. Well, at least it had a happy ending. I'm curious to know, do you think if you applied for a job at the ATF, knowing that they dig that deep even to your juvie record, even if you're qualified to do whatever you're applying for, do you think they'd give you the job, or do you think your juvie record, they'd be like, look, we're aware of it, we can't do it? Well, here's the thing. <laughs> they sealed, I got my record, juvenile record sealed, but federally, they can still pull it open if they want. Yeah, 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 yeah. At the, at the state level, they can't anymore without uh, warrants or whatever Whatever they, whatever they need. Right. But yeah, because I was denied uh, access to a job at a courthouse down in Tacoma a long time ago. Uh, we were going to do some night electrical work. And they pulled that up and they said, okay, this guy is not coming in. And my <laughs> boss called me back and said, uh, do you have something you want to tell me? So I had to go through the whole explanation with him. But there was also another incident during the L.A. riots that came Jesus well. Christ, man. Wow. Okay. Good time. You're like Forrest Gump. I feel like you could watch, you know, <laughs> video of anything that's happened. Like, there he is again. Uh -huh. Oh, yeah. Well, we we, uh, we got picked up for, and this is important to hear the whole thing, or the little bit. We got picked up for uh, assault on a police officer with a deadly weapon during the Rodney King riots. Well, yeah, that, not, that would do it. We were not, we were arrested but we never did get charged. So, okay. Right. Were, were you involved in that? Were you, were you actually involved in that? Oh, we... we yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yeah. okay. We All didn't right. actually assault any police officers with deadly weapons. It was just... It was a whole thing. But that's... That's a story for another show. Which okay. insult him with? Assault him with? <laughs> Your mouth? A non-deadly weapon. <laughs> What's that? So did you say something to the guy? Oh, no, we we got, uh, the cops got called because uh, my buddy and I had the music too loud. They showed up. We had guns. He was showing me his gun collection. And uh, at the time that they were trying to figure out what to do with us, uh, apparently, from what I remember, one of the, uh, the sheriffs in the helicopters got shot in the neck. So they Jesus. were in panic to get out of there. And so they just said, you know, screw it, charge these guys, charge them both, and let's get out of here. So, but then a couple of days later, of course, spending a couple of days in uh, Pasadena County Jail, uh, a couple of detectives finally let us out and said, no, no charges. So, now when I finally got to my Army unit after that, because I was late, um, they were very entertained by the story. <laughs> Damn, dude. So. Okay. All right. It was good times. Yeah. Write a book. Just do us a favor. <laughs> just, wow. just write a book and just each yeah. chapter just title it, Why I Got Arrested This Time. Yeah, every chapter is just a different arrest story. Yeah, that's all. What was the most trouble that you got into growing up? 206-803-ROCK. Hello, Kenny. Welcome to the men's room. What's up, fellas? Hola. Hola. So I'm, I'm about like 10 years older than both Steve and Miles, so... I grew up. You're gonna die soon. <laughs> you're gonna die before we do. You're gonna die. I know, right? <laughs> well, I got the same bad habits as you guys, so <laughs> we got that going for us. 
Cool. So cool, cool. I grew up in the days where, <laughs> you know, you get beat with, you know, whatever was handy. Right? right, whatever's closest. I spent the bulk of my adolescent years on restriction. I I wasn't a bad kid. My stepdad was just super, super strict. And, you know, I was just a smart ass, and I tended to poke the bear, if you know what I mean. What were his so, main rules as far as strictness goes? I just anything. He was just, he just. He was miserable with his job and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, but the one time, this is a funny thing, is one time me and my next younger brother took a baseball that my dad had. It was autographed, but it was like some minor league player nobody had ever heard of. And we decided we're going to go out and play catch. And we're out, you know, throwing the ball around. We're out in the street, and so it's getting scuffed up on the pavement, you know, and it you know, goes in the grass and gets grass stains on it, whatever. My dad comes home from work and finds the ball, and he sits me and my brother down. He says, okay, I'm going to give you boys two choices. You're going to get a whooping with the belt, or you get two weeks of restriction. And I'm just like, I'm freaking tired of restriction. I said, I'll take the belt. And my brother, my brother says, I'll take the restriction. So I took the belt, and, I mean, him and my mom used to square dance. He wore these belts that were like three inches wide. They were huge. You need that to square yeah. dance. Yeah. Yeah. And I know. I don't know why. You know, that's the whole country thing. But I took the whooping. My brother, I remember like two days in after, you know, my butt still hurt. But I kept walking past my brother sitting in his room going, nah, 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 nah. I'm, I'm not on restriction. He's probably like, yeah, but yeah. I can sit down. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. it's just... I don't remember what my brother said because my brother was a very good kid, but you know he's sixteen. I'm going to push back a little bit, and <clears throat> I don't remember even what started the situation. But my father's not happy with my brother, and it did not need to escalate. But my brother said something to my father, probably out of character for my brother, and clearly my father didn't care for this. So I just hear my brother's bedroom door shut, and there's no yelling, but you can you can hear the clearly it's my father's voice, and I do not know what he said. To this day. And he was only in there for like two minutes. Didn't lay a hand on him. Nothing like that, all right? The door opens. My father goes back upstairs whistling, which means he's in a fine mood. And I peek into my brother's room, man, and he's just sitting in the corner of his bed sobbing. <laughs> and I'm like, man, he just he looks at me and just shook his head like, no. And I made a mental note, don't back talk to this man. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know what was just said, but it scared the living bejesus out of my brother, man. And I was like, noted. What time was the most trouble that you got into growing up? 206-803-ROCK. Hello, Esther. Welcome to the men's room. Hello, hello, gentlemen. Hola. Hola. So I have a weird situation, or had a weird situation. I was about 14, and I was dating this guy in high school, and he broke up with me for someone else, uh, and that someone else ended up living in the apartment complex that I lived in at the time. And I figured out who she was, and I went and stole her dog. You oh, stole her dog? Stole her dog? Stole her little chihuahua. <laughs> Esther. Jesus. <laughs> wow, man. How long did you manage to, to keep this dog? It was only two days. And how did you get, I'd assume your, your parents or your mom's like, where did you get my, the dog from? My dad. Okay, so... Yep, my dad did, and then everybody started getting all antsy and scared, because you know we're all teenagers, so one of my friends was like, you need to go forward and let them know 
and um, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, no, because I'm going to get in trouble. You know, I'm 14. I know that I can possibly go to jail. Of course, it wasn't jail, but I could go to jail. And my dad comes home the third day after the third day of having the dog. My dad's like, I heard, because my dad worked for the apartment complex. So I didn't even know why I did. I guess just being a teenager, I guess I was just being dumb. Um, and my dad came home uh, the third day and had heard about what happened and knew that I had the dog. So he told me either I could get out and go live with my mom or I can take the dog back, apologize, and confess. So I confessed. I did four days in juvenile. Um, and the person's parents, they did not press any charges. So luckily I didn't get it on my record. But That means they hated that dog. They gave you four days for stealing the dog? Four days, yes. I did. Four, it was my first offense, and I was like crying profusely every single day during seeing my public offender and everything, and I got out four days. I, I, don't, even know, I, I don't even know the logistics behind that. I thought I was going to be, you know, at 14, I was like, I'm going to do a year, you know, and I was like crying out crazy. But yeah, I only did four days, and the parents didn't press. It was supposed to be a residential burglary. Um, they said that they didn't want to press charges since they got their dog back. And I was out. How so. did you break into? Did you Thank pick you. the lock? I mean, what, what was your skill set that allowed you to break into the apartment? Zero skill set. I went in through an open window. <laughs> okay. Nice. And was it was the dog nice to you? Um, it didn't even bark. It was a little chihuahua. I remember the black and white chihuahua. It didn't even bark at all. I just took it. It's weird. That, I mean, I guess that's never the wild. Seen, I've never seen this dog ever either. So what was your plan? Just go in there and steal something, and then you saw the dog, and the dog was your crime of opportunity? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, God. I, I, if I remember right, that was a while ago, but if I remember, I think I was going to do something petty, like take her left shoe or something like that, something stupid, um, just because I was upset and hurt that I got dumped for that girl. But yeah, I seen the dog, and I don't even know where my brain was at. Automatically, steal the dog. So I guess your ex-boyfriend really was not happy with you at this point, too. Oh, absolutely not. No. Yeah. I have never even talked to him since that happened. Well, I mean, I guess I wouldn't, but... Because you're I've a dog napper. Mm -hmm. you, you stick with the yeah, left shoe. Did you ever run into that girl and her parents and the dog in the building? Never. Surprisingly, never. All right, I got one more really? question. And I, remember, and I remember her name was Bobby. I, I've never... I don't, that was that... Like, thinking about it now, this situation, I'm like, that is weird. Yeah, yeah, a little weird. Never seen her. Never seen her, never seen her parents, nothing. I went to juvenile at four days and came back, and I've never seen them. I've never even seen my ex again. He actually blocked me on MySpace, but... Yeah. Oh, old oh, school on MySpace. Oh, yeah. How's, uh, how's your mom doing if you'd rather do four days of juvie than go live with mom? Oh, um, she was some crazy stuff with two, uh, unfortunately, two men at the time. And so there was a whole bunch of custody battles, and my dad got custody, and she was just kind of a PLS mom. Wow. All right. Okay. Damn, okay. Damn man. Stole the dog. That's a... <laughs> I know. I I like, that wasn't the plan. That's the part that blows my mind. Like, you just want to do something. You know what I'm going to do? I'm taking your dog. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, in retrospect, we stole some CD cases from parties. Yeah. But you think about how big those are. That was probably hundreds of dollars. You ever steal a dog? No, we never stole a dog. Yeah, me neither. I would, I would be scared to steal somebody's dog. Like, I know I've met your dog. Yeah. I, I wouldn't feel confident just showing up and taking that dog. If home. I'm not home, yeah, you, you don't want to go. Right. <laughs> what was the uh, what was the most trouble that you got into growing up? 206-803-ROCK. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. 
Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. The Men's Room returns with Miles and Thrill. Tara Daly, Steve Miggs on the way. The Daily Miggs Morning Show joining us. We'll sit and spin. We've got 10 bands with self-titled sounds. Songs. Sounds. Songs. Whatever. I like sound. Yeah. Yeah. This sound is called Nirvana. It's called Bang. Boom. Yes. We have uh, bands with self-titled songs coming up. Right after emails and our question, what was the most trouble that you got into growing up? 206-803-ROCK. A couple of quick texts. Uh, here says, a thrill and fairness, you did kidnap someone, though. Talking about Esther who stole the dog. Hey, we're not here to talk about me. It's about Esther. And, and that guy uh, got out the next day. Esther kept that dog for two nights. Yeah. Who's weird now? Uh, and somebody <laughs> says, <laughs> I got into trouble for running a strip poker game. I'm the school bus. <laughs> I was 15. Best part was my mom was the bus driver. Oh, we continue. Damn. Got suspended from school, kicked off the bus again by his mom. My ass beat by my parents. And now the girl that was part of it is actually a stripper. See, there you go. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you all right, Ted? Yeah, I, I mean. I mean, hey, I'm just saying, you know. Yeah. Still should be doing that on the bus. No. Mm-hmm. Hello, Tom. Welcome to the men's room. Hola. Hola. So I was uh, 16. Uh, my parents went away to Reno for the weekend, and I was messing around in the garage, and I saw an ashtray that was upside down, which was unusual. So I lifted it up to see what it was, and it was the keys to the 84 Corvette that was in the garage. Okay. So me and a buddy, we decided to go for a ride around the block, big block, out in Bothell. So we went down the road, did a, like a little fishtail around this corner, and went tearing down the road about 91. And I looked in my mirror, and I saw red and blue lights. Oh, man. So I'm freaking out. I didn't know what to do. So I uh, started just doing the speed limit, headed towards home. I didn't know what to do, freaking out. I didn't want the cop thinking I'm trying to evade. So I just pulled over about a half mile from the house. And it was an off-duty cop. And he ended up just ticketing me for uh, reckless driving and then just let me walk home. Meanwhile, he's taking pictures of the car. And once I get back to my house, I get in my car and I drive past him. 
and I see the tow truck and everybody there doing their thing, and I'm just freaking out. I don't know what to do. So you prepared to die. To another, <laughs> yeah, I ended up going to another buddy's house who had friends that were in town who were looking for some LSD, and they found it, and they were going to go on their way back to Utah, Salt Lake City, to sell it. So I was like, I'm freaking out. I'm, I'm coming with you. Oh, so man. I went back to my house. Jesus. <laughs> I went back to my house, grabbed some clothes, stole the stereo equipment out of the stereo cabinet so I could hawk it later once I got there, and <laughs> went down to Salt Lake City, stayed there for about a week. After about three or four days, I called home, let them know that I was okay and everything and where I was, and they they were not happy with me. You don't say. <laughs> yeah. So my dad and my neighbor friend flew down one way. They fixed my car because the Cadillac converter went out halfway down there. So they fixed that, and then we drove back home. And, yeah, that was that. That was not fun. Okay, and this convoluted mess that you created for yourself. First of all, shame on your parents for leaving the keys anywhere that you could possibly find them. Because I would say out loud, Mm -hmm. babe, our son is 16, he has his license, and we have a Corvette. Like, we have to take them with us, all right? So, Yeah, in hindsight. Was he angrier that you took the car? Was he angrier that you stole the stereo equipment? Was he angrier that you ran off to Salt Lake City? Uh, All of the above. (laughs) <laughs> yeah did you did you do the acid they were happy that i was okay once i called them and said no i was okay they were they were they were happy about that See, yeah, i okay. mean as a parent you're very very look, look your, your kids health and safety trumps everything of that there's no question but that does not mean we're not going to kill you when we get that chance right like i'm but glad it turns out once i did get back home my dad bought me a motorcycle so i would stay out of trouble Oh, that's a great idea. That, that I, I don't know that that's what I would do, but credit to your dad for but, doing yeah. it. What is the car now, ride back like with your dad? No, oh, he stole his Corvette. It was a nightmare. Yeah, it was a nightmare. It, it, it just was. I I couldn't wait to get back home. How many hours is that drive? It's about fourteen, fifteen, maybe. Oh, oh wow! Did you do acid when you were in uh, Salt Lake City? Oh, uh, yeah, on the way down there, yeah. See, yeah, to me, it, it, with, with, with all of that on my shoulders, I do not think that that would be an enjoyable experience. I, I would I would it really wasn't. mentally process <laughs> yeah, it. Like was it was I mean, like, this is a terrible... All these things that I did culminated in... And this acid is the, the icing on the cake as far as bad right. decisions. There, there are times when you should do that. There's times when you definitely shouldn't. You don't take acid to a funeral. Right. <laughs> like... <laughs> How long? Yeah. How long had your do. How long had your parents been back home? Because you said you called after three or four days. But how many days had they been back from their trip before you made contact? Uh, my older sister met him at the at the uh, airport and informed them at that time. So you told her, "Look, I'm, I'm going to Utah." Well, I yeah, see, up. I didn't know. I didn't see her. I didn't tell her nothing. I, me and my sister never got along, so I just bailed. But she was able to uh, connect all the dots and why the <laughs> cabinet was missing and all the stereo equipment. Car was gone. She. she was able to connect the dots. Okay. Wow, man. That's, uh, that's, yeah. That's just a series of bad decisions. What, uh, what was the most trouble that you got into growing up? 206 803 Rob. I mean, that's just. So I stole the stereo equipment. Like, yes, make it worse. Yeah, let's go. Let's go sell that. Because, I mean, in theory, right. I, I forget, did he say he crashed the car? No, no he did the not cop crash. Just, right. Pulled so the over. car was going to get back home. It was, but. Now dad knows you've taken the car because they impounded it. So that's his initial panic. Right? I'm just saying, in retrospect, and I get it, he's a teenager. Sure, But it's sure. like, right. So now we're going to steal stereo equipment <laughs> and go on a state, two states over, 15-hour drive. Yeah. Like, I, I, at that point, I'd be super pissed. Well, I, I think that 
I get the 16-year-old mind, right? It's his dad's Corvette. So without ever having met his father, I assume that is his baby, right? Yeah. So you're thinking, oh, man, he's going to kill me, which he is. But then in your 16-year-old mind is, I must run away from home. I would rather never see my family again than deal with the wrath mm-hmm. that's going to come down from my car getting towed. What's up? What was the most trouble that you got into growing up? 206-803-ROCK. Hello, Nate. Welcome to the men's room. Hey, what's going on, guys? Hola. Yeah, so uh, I think I was about uh, 14, and I decided to start stealing cars. Cool. Was this and influenced was, by anyone, or is this just something you wanted to do? I I was, uh, yeah, I had been initiated into a uh, local gang, so it was, you know. I was Part of your to, duty, I right? Was, yeah, I was trying to show off to my OGs. All right. If you, so to speak. Anywho, I uh, was off doing one of my runs, and uh, the police showed up, obviously, at one point. And I ran down the block. I uh, They had the dogs with them and everything. I got chased by dogs. How I far did you down. make it running from dogs? Uh, about a block and a half. <laughs> and then I... I <laughs> I, uh, it was, I don't know if you're familiar with the South Seattle area, sewer park area, but a lot of streets turn into stairs and stuff like that. Yeah, sure do. And there are a lot of hills and I decided to cut down one hill and I just slid down the whole hill and that's when the dogs caught up to me. Now, what do they do when they, do they bite on your leg? Like, what are they trained to do to stop you? They actually didn't bite on me because I think the officers were right there. You know, I, I don't remember getting bitten. I just remember getting my clothes grabbed and getting drugged about three or four feet. And then the dogs got called off of me. And then I got handcuffed and whatnot and put in the back of the car. Aren't you really glad at that point when the cops show up with handcuffs? Like, it's just such a better oh, alternative I, to the dogs. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Because <laughs> I had a couple of friends who had Rottweilers that were not friendly and been bit by them. And so that's immediately, immediately what came to my mind when I was running from these German shepherds. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then oddly enough, though, the officers decided to just call my parents instead of taking me right to juvie. Uh, and this is where I got into the most trouble I've ever been in because they got a hold of my dad. My dad answered the phone and they, oh, he, hello, Mr. Uh, uh, we have your son. And uh, he just got uh, busted for car prowling. And uh, we want to know what you want to do with them. And my dad, I heard him over the speaker. He said, uh, I don't care what you do with them. Just don't bring them here. That's good oh. news for you. Well, right? I mean, did that make you feel better or worse? Uh, it made me feel a little bit better, but worse at the same time because I spent three days in county. Yeah. Okay. And then what? when you get out of three days of county, now you still have to face your dad. Was, was county worse than your father or was your father worse than county? Um... You know, I, I don't know how to put this, but my dad's kind of a softy. All right. So I would say county was worse um, because I don't know how to put it, but it, it, it was that was my awakening. That's when I straightened up my life. Actually, at a very young age, I decided that county was not fun. Yeah, yeah, known for that. And, and, yeah, and, and Pops was, uh, as much as he's, wanted to slam me he never did and basically just had to spend the next two months in the house <laughs> okay yeah, yeah that's not the worst 
Not yeah. the worst. But... No, it wasn't the worst. The, the worst was going to county and having, like, the guy, you know. Oh, no, no, we got you. <laughs> His jello. Once again, Metro <laughs> Colors, here are the seven words you can't say on the radio. He summed it up nicely. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sucker, mother and please keep those words in mind when calling. Now back to the See, that's the difference. Your parents might be mad, but they're not going to kill you. Yeah. You're a lockup mm-hmm. like this guy, like, I don't know you. I got no it's biological creation. I want your jello. Like, oh, man. Yeah. The words you get from your parents, like, who ate the last of the jello? Maybe they're mad, but, but that's the beginning and end of it, right? Sure. Not, I'm going to take this tray and hit you across the face and pummel you because you ate my jello. Yeah, and that jail in Baltimore is awful. Yeah, Three days, right? Like, I mean, I can't explain it to people. When somebody just looks at you, right? And, I, like, I'm just trying to stay quiet. Sure. Right? But I'm one of three white guys in the entire jail, right? Like, I'm not a tough guy. This is, you're right. So I'm just trying to stay quiet. A couple dudes will just get, you know, get the F out of the way. So, you, like, But after a while, you start chatting to some people, and then the one guy just looks at me. He goes, I know you're scared. Before I say it, I go, what? He goes, I know you're scared. You ain't eating much, and I can tell you like to eat. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. I mean, that's the truth, though, right? Baltimore like, is blatantly honest, as you would say, Steve. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was like, do you want my cookies? Yes, I want your cookies. There you go. Who you actually offered them first? Oh, Jesus. I gave away everything. He's right. I don't think I ate for three days. I was You want my cookies? Right. I, mean, like, I don't know. Like, I don't care. Just please, God, leave me alone. <laughs> right. What, uh, what was the most trouble you got into growing up? 206-803-ROND. Hello, Rhonda. <laughs> Welcome to the men's room. Hello, gentlemen. Oh, yeah. So, when I was about 16, a seems to be a theme. Um, yeah. I, <laughs> my best friend and my boyfriend and her boyfriend were leaving the bowling alley because there wasn't much to do around here and decided to have them ride on the hood of my car. This was a conscious decision. Yes. All right. And how far were you going? Not very far. And I wasn't even going very fast, but I went around a curve and they went flying off. And at first we thought they were okay, but by the time we got back to her house, we realized that my boyfriend was very much not okay. And we ended up having to call 911. And the police came, and the ambulance came, and the fire truck came. And by the way, my grandfather lived in the neighborhood that my friend lived in. So he ended up with a massive concussion, my boyfriend. He no longer could play football. Oh. Um, my parents found out. <laughs> uh, my insurance made me take a reckless driving class. That's fair. Um, yeah. Um, I had my punishment was I had to take care of my boyfriend the whole summer because he spent weeks throwing everything up. Oh God! Did he have any uh, long lasting damage from that? Sometimes that stuff can shake you for a long time. He did. He ended up never playing football again. Well, you don't want to um, risk another concussion. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but, it, yeah, it was it was bad, and I don't know why we did. Because you were 16. Right. <laughs> I've ridden on the hood of a car once, and guess how old I was? I was 16. 
I did not get injured, yep. but that's the only time I've ridden that. And we learned not to do it again. When he slammed on the brakes, you start to understand the laws of physics a little bit, right? Yeah. And it sucked and yeah. it hurt. Did not get injured, but yes, I also was about 16, 17 years old when I did it. I had friends that would ghost ride their cars when we were kids. Right. At about 16? Exactly, because you're stupid and you don't <laughs> gather you know, the, the consequences of your actions. I remember, yeah. I remember having a graduation party from high school, I think. And I remember my mom saying, is that your cousin on the roof of that car as they're leaving? And I was like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're right, though. Teenagers. 16-year-old girls. So these are not necessarily things that I want them to know. Well... I, look, hey, look, as long as you, you understand don't have the to age tell them. Did your parents tell you that? No. There's something that happens when you're 16. Like, whatever you've accrued intellectually in your first 16 years of life, you throw it out the window. Like, people talk about the terrible twos. I don't worry about the twos because they're not going to do anything stupid. You just got to keep your head there. They get an attitude. 16 is about the age that I want. I think that's an art story to tell them because it's like, listen, sure. so, like my boyfriend never got to do some stuff he wanted to do again. Yeah, those like, are the stories yeah. you do tell. Like, hey, this is why you should. It's going to come up. Don't do it. Correct. Hello. Oh, boy. Hello, drama. Welcome to the men's room. Hola, cola. Hola. Yeah, so the dumbest, uh, the most trouble I got in was uh, when I was in the senior in high school. And it was uh, homecoming week. I was late to class, opening class. Teacher was like, hey, you're late. And I was like, I know, sorry. And he was like, yep, you have detention. Because uh, I had been late before. And I was like, all right, all right. And he's like, you're going to have to come in after school and do it. And I was like, well, I have practice for football after school. If I uh, I can't do it, can I come in in the morning, tomorrow morning, and make it up beforehand? He's like, no. They asked me after school, and I said, the coach tells us if we're late to practice, we don't practice. If we don't practice or we miss the practice, we don't play in that week's game. I tried to explain to the teacher, this is homecoming week, my senior year, I'll never have another one. Please be reasonable. And he's like, that's not my problem. You shouldn't have been late. And I was like, all right. And I said, well, I'm not going to come in. He's like, well, then I'm going to have to tell your coach that you're not going to be able to make it. Long story short on that one, he was being unreasonable. I got pissed off. And uh, you guys remember in high school, the desk chair combos? How they yeah. connected? Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. Yeah, so I grabbed one of those and I threw it at his head in the corner. Yeah, that'll get you in trouble. That'll yep. get you in trouble. Did you make contact with him? I, I was surprised because he was a pear-shaped, out-of-shape old man, and he actually ducked. Um, I didn't expect to miss you. (laughs) Nimble. No, I didn't expect to miss him, so it was kind of frustrating. But I just, my mindset was like, well, if I'm not going to be able to practice and miss the whole homecoming game, I'm going to make it worth my while. Um, But I was scared because I was one of the kids my senior year. Like, I was 18 in my senior year. And so the reason why I was scared and the most trouble I got in, uh, you know, both my parents, they were divorced at the time, but both my parents showed up to school. I had King County Sheriff show up to school, and I was, like, sitting there when they called me, you know, down to the office, and I saw my parents there. They just looked at me. I was like, oh, man, you know, they give you the eye of death, and and the sheriffs were there. And then I was really scared because I was 18, and I thought, well, I might be tried as an adult for assault. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so I was hella scared, and and they sat me down. I mean, the bottom line, I got suspended for three days. I still missed the football game, which sucked, but... You know, I'm sure that teacher, if he's still alive, will never forget, hey, I shouldn't have done that. Did you wait? Did you, <laughs> I shouldn't have done did that. Did you play the rest of the year? I did get to play the rest of the year. I just missed homecoming week. All right. I mean, that's the middle of the season. I'm surprised you didn't get kicked out of the entire school. 
Yeah, if you're talking about a playoff game or a championship game, I'd have like I'm like eh, the coach would side with you if you're in the championship. Game. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing how that works. The coach probably would have sided with me if it was championship, but yeah, I'm, I'm thinking like you know, hey, we only get one senior year for homecoming. Just be reasonable. That's all I was asking for this guy to be reasonable. But since he wasn't, like I said, he he had the chair death combo. But like what? I said, so you're still that. mad at the teacher about this? No, absolutely. Is he still a teacher at that school, I wonder? Oh, uh, well, no. This is uh, many moons ago. I'm an older guy. So, okay. You know, uh, why were you based on the desk, yes. Why were you late again? Uh, I don't know. I think uh, something to do with my girlfriend maybe making out and walking her to class. Yeah, see, yeah. Wait, that, that's not on the teacher, man. I, 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 I hear your position, yeah, yeah. but the, they got to do the thing, man. I mean, you you got to stand your ground if you're at the point that you're the disciplinarian. Like, I'm not being unreasonable. It's not like you were late once. Yeah. Right. You said you know, you'd repeatedly been late, and the teacher knows where to hit you where it hurts, which is, I know it is homecoming week. You're not mm-hmm. going to play this week. And right. just because it was a good reason to you to be late, because, I mean, hey, wouldn't we all want to just be late? By I was getting the mouth hug. You bet. Right. But I'm, a, I'm glad you asked him. I'm amazed he's still that pissy at the teacher. Hey, that's my thought. Like, hey, learn from this, man. Yeah, I don't think the teacher learned a lesson. Like, no. I don't think he, he just, did either. He may probably start going to the gym to learn to, you know, be a little bit more. <laughs> The ducks. Like when George Bush dodged that shoe. That shoe, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> man, that guy's got some. Yeah, he, I was like, man, he's uh, got some reflexes. I'm sneaky fast. Okay. Yeah. Ten uh, bands with self-titled songs coming up. We'll sit and spin and we've got your emails on the way next from the men's room at KISW.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 